You are listening to the Metabolic Coach Podcast, where it's all about real women and real problems. And I'm your host, Dr. Rashmi Pawar, specialist gynecologist and also a certified life and way coach, where I don't just talk about medical problems, but what goes on when you hear about those problems. What does pain mean for you? Well, God, pain, like personally speaking, I have such a low pain threshold in life. As in, I'll tell you my side of my capacity of pain. And it's like the way I perceive pain is as if it's death. So death visits me. every month when I have my period and it's getting better like with the mindset coaching with self-exploration and me being in master coach training it's really like somehow reducing my pain and I'm starting to see the difference between physical pain and emotional pain and the the each day each time I have pain I realize that oh it's actually like almost 99% emotional pain. It's, that's the power of our thoughts and that's the power of our feelings which can be like amplified with some physical symptoms like pain. So most women, like I'm hoping this podcast has been heard by women, but even men can apply to this. But because women are subjected to physical pain every month with periods, and also labor pain and menopause, all of those things that happen. (laughs) So I really feel that women have more pain. But who am I to say? I don't know. I've never been a man. And I'm sure men have a lot of emotional pain as well. So please, if you are a man listening to this episode, take whatever works for you from this and apply it to yourself. So when it comes to pain, I have had, uh, like, I, I always thought that, you know, my period pain is so intense that probably I have endometriosis. Like as a gynecologist, that's where my brain goes. And I always wish that, you know, uh, maybe that is the answer why I have so much pain. And I've seen people throughout my growing up years who who have been in pain. Like, you know, they will call in sick. They will, like, patients will come in for medication, IV medication, morphine for dysmenorrhea. And I always thought that I'm not that, I don't have that kind of pain. But the reality is, oh my God, I, I still remember the first time when I got a real bad bout of dysmenorrhea. It was when I was in my college. I was in Ruparel uh, in my 11th and 12th standard. It's um, it's the best college in Bombay for especially science students. So there I was. It was a rainy day. And suddenly the period pain started, man. And I didn't, I, I was like just 17 year old at that time. And I had no painkillers with me. I barely had any friends. So I just went to this lady's room, which was like a really dingy place. 
and I found a bench and I just took a cup of tea and I lied down. I never told my mom about how bad the period pain is and she always told me that I don't think I've ever had that conversation with my mom, honestly speaking. And mommy, if you're listening to this, let me know if I ever spoke to you about it. But I never really went to my mom about it. I never really went to anyone about it because I thought this is how it's supposed to be. Women are supposed to tolerate this pain. And I was, when I reached my MBBS, obviously I started self-medicating because I was a doctor. And then I, I would take... Um, cyclopalm okay because that's what was sold now cyclopalm has medications in it it's not just brufen and all it has this uh, anticholinergic medication which make you dizzy so i started like using that but it made me dizzy and nauseous and i used to take so much of it and i remember i used to take even tramadol tramadol it's banned in UAE. Like it's like a controlled medication in UAE. And I used to like oh, take it over the counter in India. I used to take so much of it. I come to UAE and then then by that time I started realizing just the pain is so bad. You have to suffer with it. And I'm a gynecologist. We never really talk about these like problems to anyone. And then I... Here, when I came, there was no tramadol. I didn't want to take cyclopalm because that just made me dizzy and nauseous. So many side effects. So I started I started taking birth control pills because the PMS was so bad and the dysmenorrhea was so bad that the birth control pills made it slightly better. So I was on birth control pills for almost five years after I got married. And after that, I think... I I don't even remember. Then I started to try to have a baby, but the period pain, I started taking diclofenac and God, just taking so many painkillers. So many painkillers. And you never realize it, right? It's happening every month. And now I've, I've, I'm done having my children. And I think, yeah, I'm not done having my children. I just have one child, but I don't want to have any more. <laughs> but who knows? Anything can happen. I remember the worst cramps I had. The worst cramps I had was after an IVF. And it was because I, my ovaries were so swollen. And then I, I was at work. Like, I would always get my period when I'm doing an urgent care shift or a labor ward shift. Oh, my God. I was like, I don't even know what to do at that point. Like, it's so difficult to just, like, work with it. And this is just in my brain, right? Like, I can't even imagine what goes on in my colleagues' brains, what goes on in my patients' brains and all of that. So the worst period was after my IVF, which failed, obviously. And then I could compare that. Like, I remember I had taken so much painkiller on that shift and it was okay. And then now that I've become a master coach and I understand that, it's not just the pain, it's the fear of pain which makes it worse. It's the fear of pain. It's not just the pain. The fear of you getting that pain. And our brain really thinks that we're going to die with that pain. It really thinks that. So when I see patients who come in labor, we 
offer them analgesia. Like we we tell them there are these non-pharmacological ways of pain relief and there are pharmacological ways of pain relief. Non-pharmacological ways, like the midwives in our hospital will be like, doctor, why are you offering them medication? You can offer all these non-pharmacological ways as well. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we can. So we get really <laughs> grilled a lot around the non-pharmacological ways as well. So when it comes to labor pains, without medication, if you want to cope, there are a lot of things that you can do. Because remember, it's not the physical pain which makes it worse. It's the emotional pain attached to it. Like your thoughts about that pain which make it like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's what it is. So if you were to, if, if pain is something which can be handled without medication, would you try that? Would you like to try that? So there are ways that you can cope with physical pain without medication as well, without any pill, okay, without any drug. How do we do that? But before I go to that, I want to touch on one thing. Like most patients are so scared of delivery. Yesterday I saw someone, she was obviously refusing the whole process and she was dreading it. It was like, in her eyes, this is what I'm imagining. And then I ask her, are you scared of the pain? She's like, yeah, I don't want it. I'm like, but how will the baby come without the pain? Like, that's the way the baby comes out. That's, that's the process. You have to go through that pain for the baby to come out. So pain is subjective. Like if, if there are 10 people out there and we keep their hands out and we pinch them, some of them will be like, I don't feel anything. And then there will be some who would start crying. I'm one of the crying ones because I just can't handle any sort of physical pain-inducing things. Whereas my husband, you're, like, you're tickling me. Ooh, pinch harder, harder, harder. He just won't be like, he won't have any pain receptors, I think. So it's subjective. Pain is subjective. I have seen patients who start wriggling in pain with little contraction, with Braxtonex. Me. <laughs> I used to get so stressed with Braxtonex contraction. God, they're so annoying. And then there was labor pain. I never really experienced labor pain, but I thought I was in labor, but they were really Braxtonex, honestly. So... What happened over here? Something is missing. Okay. So what's happening is everyone has a different pain threshold. I've seen patients who are like seven to eight centimeters dilated and they're smiling <laughs> with makeup on and they're smiling and they have no clue that they're seven to eight centimeters dilated. And there are some patients who know that they are laboring and they still just like, they don't even wince. They just like, they just are amazing how they're handling capacity. And I remember one of our midwives, she said it to me, you know, some of the women, their life in general is so painful that this is the easy bit. 
you know, because nowadays we see a lot of Afghani refugees in UAE. And if you see these women, they look so old because of the stress which is happening on them. Like not all of them, some of them who are like from a good um, economic status, they are normal looking, normal to their age. And some of them who are like probably below this uh, lower social economic status they are like in their 30s and they look like they're in 50s with full wrinkles and like you can see the changes on their body and they cope with labor as if like like they, they're like you want us to take analysis here okay but it's fine like we can manage it so capacity to handle pain is also different for everyone for someone who has more painful things in their life, this would not be painful. Labor would not be painful. And for some who has it easy, like, or doesn't have much pain, like us, you know, who are on their smartphones all the time, we don't have much pain otherwise, that's like death. So how do you handle pain? Like, first of all, let me just tell you about the pain relief options that we have overall for anything. Okay, for any sort of chronic pain. So we go a step ladder system. So the first analgesia or the first painkiller that we give is paracetamol. Paracetamol or Tylenol or yeah, Panadol, Adol, all of this. So the recommended dose is four grams per day maximum. Okay, for adults. So you can take 500 milligram, two tablets, like one gram every six hours. You can take it. It does not, um, it's, it, it works at a different level. Its safety profile is overall good. Unless you have a liver condition, it's tolerated pretty well by all, including pregnant patients, including first trimester. It has been used for so long that the safety profile is pretty good, even in pregnancy. The next drug is um, NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. In this comes your diclofenac, your mefenemic acid, rufane. Mm, this is what we use, obstetricians, but orthopedicians and all of these other physicians, they have some more drugs, ketorolac, all of these other coxip, all of those, okay? I'm not interested in them because we don't give them. So there are those drugs. But in pregnancy, we don't give NSAIDs. We don't give because after around 32 or 34 weeks, that it can affect on the heart of the baby, which is not, it's not a good thing. It can like prematurely close the doctor's arteriosus, which is not recommended. So we don't give diclofenac derivatives in pregnancy. But once you come out, we can give you NSAIDs, provided you don't have high blood pressure or any kidney problem. Because kidneys are a very forgiving organ overall. They will tolerate 70% of trauma and then they will keep maintaining the kidney function. But we don't know, like someone who has been taking painkillers so much all their life, we don't know how much damage 70, like how much damage has happened. Like what if this pill with high blood pressure in pregnancy puts you at 70% and your kidney starts crashing? 
So anyone who has a high blood pressure, we don't give them NSAIDs or diclofenac, Voltaren and all of those drugs. Then the next step is the morphine derivatives. So the next ladder is morphine derivatives. Morphine derivatives like tramadol, pethidine. We can give those in labor also. In labor, we are not giving tramadol. We give pethidine sometimes. But period pain, tramadol is good. We can give that. Then the next step is morphine derivatives. Which morphine basically. So we can give morphine in labor. In labor, if your baby, if you're scared, like morphine will affect your baby. Yes, morphine makes you sleepy. It can cause respiratory depression as well. And if the baby just comes out and is a bit sleepy, the baby, there is an injection which can be given to the baby, which gets the baby all away. It's like literally an antidote to morphine. So overall morphine safety is good as well. So these are the pain relief options that we take. With respect, this is in labor. The last step in labor, uh, we can also use as in the laughing gas, which works for some. Really, they use it and they're like knocked out. I have not seen a single patient laughing because of the laughing gas in labor. So, yeah. <laughs> but it works. For some, that's all they need. Because for some, they will be like, God, that's so strong. I don't want it. They have used it in the past and they don't want it. It's like so strong. And for some, it's like, it's not working. And for some, they will just keep taking so much of it that they refuse to take the normal oxygen. And then that can affect the baby. So you just need to take it in between. And the last option, of course, is epidural. And I will have one whole podcast on epidural one day. But not today because it's really a lot to talk about. But it's a beautiful thing if it works well so it's it's a needle that they put in your spine they, they put a catheter and it's giving injection so you can you don't feel the pain you can move your legs and when we tell you to push you can push you can't just walk there are some epidurals i've heard of some patients will come and ask me that there is something which you can walk with i i've never seen that happen but um, you can check with your doctor if that's available but epidural has a risk associated, but it's such a beautiful thing, especially I've seen patients like deliver with it so nicely, but there is a risk of hypertension because epidural can reduce the blood pressure of mother so much that it can reduce the blood pressure of the baby and that can cause complications. So it needs really intensive monitoring and medications need to be given right away. Otherwise, the baby's heart will keep dipping and you might need a cesarean section because of the epidural. <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing when your blood pressure doesn't drop well, drop so much or we gave you medication and it comes back. You just like have such a beautiful experience. You deliver so nicely. If you have a tear or an episiotomy, it gets sutured and epidural pain relief. It's a beautiful thing. Now let's come to the non-medicational pain relief. So, as I said, there is a lot of component of emotional pain with this physical pain. So, if you deal with that, you might not need any of the pain reliefs. And I've seen this happen so much. So, it can look like some, you have to engage other senses of your body to 
deal with that pain because your brain is perceiving pain as a sensation and then it's interpreting that pain and it's thinking oh my god i'm going to die so there are layers of judgment which are going on that pain which is not useful so if you were to handle pain at a brain level like as a feeling so you need to understand feelings don't stay in our brain they stay in our body they are always below it's not in our thoughts it's in our body so when the pains are coming they literally like some patients will have this birth plan they have a hip they have already spoken to a hypnotherapist they have a doula they have a they have like this whole strategy in place to take care of pain without medication so that can look like lighting nice candles there there is a nice smell going around they keep the noises down like you can actually access these facilities they keep the noise down everybody is speaking softly in fact nobody is speaking or there's soft music going on so that that sense your brain is focused on that impulses of listening of impulses smelling the lights are dimmed or they're like very small candles lit so the light is not too bright and aggressive to the pregnant mother who is trying to focus on the pain also some of them will have they will very specifically tell us the midwife will come and tell us that this patient doesn't want to be seen often so we doctors will not see these patients so much so if also if the patient is a low risk patient she will not be on a ctg monitor she will be more or less on an intermittent auscultation and it's like a completely different experience some midwives are trained with acupuncture so acupuncture or massage so they will actually give those massage uh, in particular areas which will control the pain so again using other senses like touch so some of them will give a nice you can even ask your partner or whoever is supporting you in your labor to give you a gentle massage you don't have to push so hard it just is literal rubbing on your back can distract your brain from the pain sensation or you get engaged with that other sensation and last but not the least the most important thing i always tell my patient is it's such a meditative therapeutic experience and maybe if i get pregnant again i might try it if i have the courage for it but you guys are way stronger than me because <laughs> i see you guys all the time like so many of them so strong use each pain as an indication that you are getting closer to your baby so whenever the pain comes breathe in feel the pain be with the pain the more you resist the pain the more you start saying no i don't want this i don't want this make it go away the more it grows the more the emotional pain grows so you need to like run into the pain instead of running away from it or resisting it or avoiding it even distracting it like with other things that is like we are just fooling your brain a little bit but i want you to move into the pain especially if you don't want to use any analgesia so that can mean 
like initially the pains come one in 10 minutes right like the painful ones in the beginning they'll be coming going coming going but they're not that strong it's when the cervix starts getting stretched that's when it becomes more painful understand that this if you are in true labor it doesn't last more than 24 hours or maximum 48 hours depending on how where you are in your dilatation the true labor will end with the baby coming out either by normal delivery or by cesarean but if you want to have the most natural outcome and you are scared of pain know that the only way to get the baby is through pain of course there are medications and all of that available for you only epidural is the one which actually makes you painless but it comes with its risk so both places you take the epidural or you don't take the epidural there is some sort of discomfort so which one do you want to take understand this is not going to last forever it's going to end maybe in a day or two you're gonna see your baby the baby is coming you get to decide and please don't judge yourself for taking any sort of pain relief i mean i asked for an elective cesarean section i'm not judging myself i just know i have no capacity to handle pain i see a lot of complications i really thought all of that is going to happen to me if I had a life coach at that time who can help me through all of this, like understand that this is like going to end someday, I would not ask for a cesarean section. I would try for a normal. At least I would try. I didn't have one. I gave birth like four years back and now I'm a life coach. Here I am trying to help you guys. So this episode should be enough. For you to get into the mode to try for normal but if you need more help please reach out to me you can work with me one-on-one wherein i am coaching you every week just you or you can join my group membership which is a low-end product wherein you get coached with other women together and i see you every week and we help you Find out ways to feel better in your pregnancy, ways to feel blissful, enjoy the whole process because it's all in your head. It's not the outside world. It's all here. And the sooner you understand that you can take full charge of what's here, imagine the motherhood. It'll be so much fun. All right, my friends, that's it for today. I will see you next time. Oops. If you found this information useful, please subscribe and give a review. Also, share this podcast with someone who might use the information that I'm teaching. Thank you.